0: Good morning, Gateway. I'm going to start with a very bold statement. You ready? I might even call it a uh, Billy T. guarantee. I am Bill Taylor. And today will be our last 100-degree day. Come on! You've survived the hottest summer in San Antonio history. This will be 74 triple-digit days. The, the one that blew me away, we had 17 days of 105 or more. That's over half a month. The highest heat index ever recorded in city history, 117 one day. That was back in early July. It has been a hot summer. Well, I am from the state of New Jersey, as a lot of you might know. I grew up with guys like Mikey DeLucia, Paul Natoli. My best friend was Jerry de Blasio. How you doing? What's going on? How you come around the neighborhood? What's happening? And what we love to do more than anything else, basketball. We played basketball a lot. And even growing up when I was little, my grandmother had a hoop in the backyard. I mean, I just loved the game of basketball. And to Paul, to Mikey, to Jerry, to myself, the most important thing when we were 12 years old was to make the CYO basketball team. And so I'm practicing, we're playing, We've got the date for the tryouts on the calendar on the fridge. It's circled, we know it's coming, so we got to step it up. we got to really be working on our game. I was always tall, so I was blessed with height for basketball. That's a good thing, right? So I'm really working hard on my game, and the Saturday arrives. We're going to the gym. My father brings me. We walk in. Good luck, Billy. I said, Okay, not Dad. I I was was so scared and nervous, you know. But then I see Mike, I see de Blasio. What's up, guys? You know, you start getting into the groove. I I see my boys. I start playing. I'm doing well. Now, now, here's the thing, though, I'm not fast. (laughs) I was never fast. I've got two speeds, slow and stop, okay? (laughs) But I can play defense. I'm gonna tell you that, like Bruce Bowen, defense. I can play great defense. And I've got a mid-range jumper, I do. And I'm a lefty, I was hitting my shots. We start going through these drills, the practice or the tryout, it's going well. And I'm hitting shots, I'm going left, I'm hitting. I'm going right, baseline, I hit. I'm pivoting in the paint, I'm hitting. I really felt good about how I was doing. And here comes the time for the call, right? Who made the team? Now mind you, we've got a gym full. We weren't the only ones who wanted to make this team. And there's only 14, maybe 15 slots available on the team. He starts calling Paul. Jerry De Blasio went early. He was always a baller. I'm not hearing my name, right? I'm like, nothing, nothing. Okay, guys, that's it. That's wraps it up. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate you trying out. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't make the team. I mean, I, I was just like, I, I didn't make the team. I got my head down. My father's got his arm around me. He's like, Billy, I. I I thought you were hitting your shots. I, you hit more shots than a lot of those guys. I said, I know. I, I, I mean, I'm about to cry. And I'm, I'll never forget this moment. I'm hitting the metal bar of the door to leave the gym when I hear, hey, red coat. Oh, I have a red coat. I'm like, I go over there. and He's like, I, what's your name? I thought we had you down. I said, I'm Billy Taylor. I, 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 was, hitting, you know, I was the one hitting those mid-range jumpers. He said, I I don't know what happened. We you you made the team. You're on the team. I'm like, I made the team. I made the team. I'm on the team. Now we went two and fourteen that season, but I you know (laughs) that's not the point. That's not the point. I made the team. I want to belong. We want to belong. In our series of Home Sweet Home, we're going to talk about belonging today, because I know you've all been there. Maybe you haven't made the team. Maybe you weren't invited to the dinner party. Maybe you didn't get a call to go to that meeting, and you've got some input on this subject. I would have liked to have been there, but you weren't asked to be there. Maybe it's here in this church right now. Maybe you're a newcomer. Maybe you've been here a month or two and and you just haven't connected to this family. There's a desire to belong in every single one of us. It's a burning desire to belong. It's, It's an upper call to belong. I mean, look at our society. Rotary clubs, lion club, book club, cooking club, I play bunco with a group of couples in our neighborhood. I, I play golf with a group of guys. I, I play pickleball with some friends. We're, we're, we're all belonging. Maybe I serve on a committee. Maybe I serve on the HOA. Sorry, I, I know that's a <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's like, don't bring up the HOA right now, really. <laughs> but we love to belong. It, it's a burning desire to belong. I mean, there, there, there was even a time in my life that belonging was the most important thing in my life, and it was when I was in high school. I made the high school basketball team, I made the high school golf team, but I also liked to party and have fun, and so I was hanging out with the party crowd, I was hanging out with the smart crowd, I was the jock crowd. I was in every crowd I could get in because the more I belonged, the more I was accepted. Ah, they like me. And I just kept chasing whatever what group wanted, that's what I became. I'm in your group and I belong. Oh, now do this and this group and I belong. You know, sometimes it was always awkward for me because sometimes my worlds would collide, and one from one group would meet somebody from the other group, and I, I wouldn't know what to do. Hey, guy, uh, you know what I mean? I, it was just so worlds can collide, because I, I didn't know how to act now, because I've got both of you here. What do I do, right? That desire to belong is real. It hasn't changed at all. In fact, our teenagers and our young people today, th- there's just more groups, right? There's, there's text groups. There's, you know, all kinds of s- Snapchat, you know, things going. You, you just continue, even on social media, to belong to something. Well, th- it makes sense because, you ready? You were designed to belong. It's a design feature of God. You have two ears that were designed to hear. You have a nose designed to smell, eyes designed to see, but you've got a soul designed to belong. It's so innate. It's such a part of us. There's good reason to belong. And and this is bigger than a social club. This is bigger than an HOA. This is a community of faith. This is a family of God. That belonging is when it hits and it's right. Because here's the thing, a lot of times I think we tap into a design feature of God and we answer it with worldly answers and we get it all wrong. We don't do what we were designed to do. And this in Scripture is so evident. So so let's learn about how we are designed to belong. Let's open our Bibles and first pray for this living word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment, into our hearts to teach us, to counsel us, to show us more. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to start in 1 Peter, New Testament. You're going to go past Romans, just past Hebrews, the first of two letters in Peter. If you don't have your Bible, we're going to have this up on the screen as well because I'm going to use a group of different texts in our Holy Scripture, to make these points. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. His own special people, now the people of God. We belong to God. In the book of Malachi, we're referred to as his treasured possession. Let's go to Corinthians. Back up a few books to 2 Corinthians, two letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So upon a surrender to Jesus, Upon confessing him as Lord, believing in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we are sealed. We're sealed. We're in. We're signed. We're sealed. We're signed, sealed, delivered. We're his. Oh! (laughs) Right? I mean, that is belonging. That is belonging. Let's go to Ephesians, another book a letter that Paul wrote. This is Ephesians 1, where we get a real sense of God's belonging. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. There it is. You see it? The design feature of belonging so that we're accepted is right here in Ephesians. That's why it feels right, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Those beautiful words, in love, having predestined us to adoption. Because of the love, he's adopting us as daughters and sons of a family. It's a family we belong to. And why? You ask, why does he do it? According to the good pleasure of his will. Because he wants to. Because he loves us. And because he chose to do this before the foundation of the world. That's how much we mean to him. Oh, what a family. It's God's design to belong. I thought about this recently. You ever notice how we don't take attendance in church? Like in school, right? Like Wayne Ware, here, right? Paul Russell, here. Carissa Taylor, here, Right? Daniel Rodriguez, here. No, we don't do that. You know why? We don't attend church. We belong in church. We belong in church. It's when that design feature, that innate quality that he put in you, is being answered correctly that it feels right. And there's different ways to belong. This is kingdom design. There are different methods to belong. You belong to the church. You belong to his kingdom. You belong to him. You belong to him. That's what I cherish about Gateway Fellowship. Our family atmosphere, our home sweet home of smiles and love in this lobby, this culture. It it happened in, in the balcony just about a month ago. It was at the end of service, and we were called to a moment of prayer. And a hand went up nearby, and I went to this gentleman to pray with him. And we started praying, and and he was broken. I mean, his heart was broken. His soul was in pain. And he wept. And I held him, and he wept. And I remembered valleys I've been in. I mean, it was just an incredible moment. I said, why don't we go downstairs and, and talk? And he said, I'd like that. And we sat on a couch in that lobby and became friends. And for for 20, 30 minutes, we talked. And Jesus joined us there because he promises that wherever two or more gather in my name, I'll meet you there. And he was there in our lobby. That's what this space provides. That's what this home sweet home is. A place to hurt, a place to care, a place to love, but a place to heal. A place to spend time in getting real with someone and growing. It's our mission. It's not just our culture. It's our mission of becoming friends. Here's two strangers at the beginning of that service that became friends. And then helping friends become devoted followers of Jesus. I mean, isn't this exactly what this culture is inside the church that we want to take outside the church. We don't want it in these four walls only. We don't want it on this church campus only. We want it in our community as well. That's why Gateway Fellowship Church has 80 small groups meeting around this city, around this area, every day, throughout every week. There are small groups meeting where you live, Take a look at the map. There are small groups near your work. There are small groups that are empty nesters, couples without children anymore. There are small groups with children that provide daycare. There are small groups with young couples who don't have any children. There are small groups of just women. There are small groups all men, like mine on Thursday morning. There's a small group that fits. Join a small group. This is by design. Because I'll tell you this right now. When we look at the culture of how this works, this truly is the way that it was designed. When you step into a small group and you're taking a step into a deeper relationship with God, the enemy's going to try to put an end to it. That's the last thing he wants is you getting closer to God. So the doubt and the questions start coming in. Well, I don't know if I'm ready for a small group. I, I don't know the Bible that well. They're going to know the... These are church people. They, they know the Bible really well. I don't, I don't know the Bible. Right? Or I can't tell them what I've done. I I can't share what's happened in my life. I I can't open up. They're going to call on me. I'm not comfortable sharing. All of those are lies. This is not going to be a gotcha or a tell us everything right now. Do you even belong here? Right? It's not like that at all. That is a lie. Let's go to Scripture and find the truth about why you join a small group. First, we've all been there. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. When Paul first wrote this in Greek, you know what for all meant? For all. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The second point of the Father's truth in joining a small group, we've all been there. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Do you know how many times we've brought up temptation, sin, brokenness around a small group and you see heads nodding? After a small group, you know how many times I've seen two guys peel off and connect? Hey, i got to talk to you about something. Hey, can we talk about this? Hey, can you give me a call? I'll buy you some coffee and I need to share something. That's where we heal. Because again, that's the design of the kingdom, to belong. Third, we've all been there. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God wow. We're comforting others because he comforts us. We come alongside brokenness because we've been broken. We've been comforted. So because we've been comforted, we can pour this comfort out to others. Sounds a lot like forgiveness, doesn't it? He forgives us, so we forgive others. Forgive us our trespasses, Lord, as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? Look, the common denominator of all of our small groups, we've been there. We've been there. And here's the thing. If that's the design feature of your soul, there's a sense of belonging in that design feature of the kingdom of God. This is by method. This small group method is divine itself. We can agree Jesus is God. We major on the majors, right? Jesus said, I and the Father are one. In Colossians it says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Jesus is God. So his methods are divine. He spoke to big groups. There were big crowds following Jesus, right? But the majority of his ministry in three short years was with 12 guys. Jesus belonged to a small group. Shouldn't you? And it's not just for the broken. If we're still using Jesus as the model, Jesus is perfect, right? What if you're good? What if I I, I feel enriched? I'm walking with God. That small group needs you too. There's somebody in that group that needs you now. It's not just for the broken. Don't get me wrong here. It's not just for the hurting. This is for every single one of us. This is the design of God. I mean, when Jesus gave us that final commission, what did he say? Go and make disciples, teaching them to observe what I've commanded you. Teach them what I showed you. It's not just this. It's it's also small group and pouring into each other. He handed us the baton, guys. He handed us the baton, ladies. This is the time to pour in so that we can pour out. James 5.16, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. You know, it, it is the one another, it is the somebody, but I also wanna talk to you about the one. I wanna talk to you about belonging to him abiding in Him. Oh, this is good. We're going to enter into some scripture. It's John 15 if you want to get there in your Bibles. John 15 and Richard Trench. Richard Trench was an archbishop and a poet back in the 1800s. This is what he said about the text we're about to read. Quote, This is the strongest food in the Bible. How simple the text may look, yet how transcendent is the thought. Now boarding, let's go. John 15, five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Talk about belonging, I've got a picture here of a vine around a tree, around a branch. Look at it. It doesn't end. It wraps itself around that branch. The vine, the true vine. He said that because the vine was was a symbolic part of Israel. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So tightly wrapped, abiding in him, he abiding in us. It bears much fruit. The fruits of life, the fruit filled, fruitful life of joy, of peace, of love, of patience, of kindness, of faithfulness, of gentleness, of self control is coming out. You're bearing much fruit because you're abiding in Jesus. There's nothing like a good acrostic. My oldest daughter's a teacher. I love acrostics to illustrate something. The word abide, letter by letter. Let's start with A, assurance. Assurance that what we're reading and learning is from the King of Kings, is from the Lord of Lords. It is perfect instruction for life because it's from Jesus. Abide in me, I will abide in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A lesson in living a life, be assured. B is for believing. R.C. Sproul once said, it's one thing to believe in God. But do you believe God? Do you believe God? So when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, you believe him? I do. So it's A for assurance, B for believing, now I, Intimacy. You've got to be intimate with Jesus. You've got to spend abiding time with Him one-on-one. Reading the living Word. Praying over what the Holy Spirit is teaching you. Journaling what you're learning and loving it. And I'm telling you right now, I just shared this with my youngest daughter. The the more you read this, the more hungry the appetite becomes. I'm telling that is the truth. So I is for intimacy. Psalm 139, you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Oh, that's good. You're intimately acquainted, Lord, with all my ways. D is for daily. This is not weekly. It's not on holidays. It's every day. It's throughout the day. What says you can't peel off at 2 o'clock and go sit in your car and have a quiet moment with Jesus? Who says you can't take just a second and go in the bathroom and be by yourself with Jesus. Driving in the car, you're with Jesus. It's abiding throughout the day, all day. And finally the E, eternal. Every conversation you're having with Jesus has eternal significance. God doesn't operate in our time and space. Everything operates eternally. Yes, we're praying for current situations. Yes, we're hurting in a day trial. But this conversation has eternal significance. This relationship with Jesus is eternal. It's forever. It's eternal. Something else as we start landing this plane this morning. When we talk about belonging and abiding, We're talking about a relationship, aren't we? We're talking about under an umbrella of relationships. And it's a relationship with God first, relationship with others, and that is what life is all about. Because sometimes we define it through pain. There's no greater pain than relational pain, am I right? A breakup, a divorce, loneliness, Not being invited, not being included. That hurts because it's about relationship. It's what your soul was designed for to belong. To belong. Rav's going to be singing an incredible song in a moment, and it's my favorite, All For the One. It's a Rav original. But I want to show you something about the word abide. Can we pull it up on the screen? If you take the word abide, we did the acrostic. But what if we took out just one vowel? What if we replaced the I in abide with an O and made it abode? You know what abode is? It's home. To abide in Jesus is to give your soul a home. To belong to a small group is to give your soul a home belonging to be one on one in relationship with someone else to help someone become a devoted follower of Jesus is at home with Jesus at home in the kingdom that's what it is to belong to be home